0: Welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, we are going to present a scientific and metaphysical analysis on the human heart. We have a world-renowned cardiologist and two of our most beloved guests returning. You're going to learn how to optimize your heart's physical health. You're going to learn how to optimize the energy that comes into your heart, how to process that energy so these two sides are going to complete each other. It's one of the most unique shows we've ever done. I'm really excited to present it to you. And we are doing this on the eve of Valentine's Day. And I'm probably going to get into a lot of trouble because I have not gotten out. I've not gotten my wife the flowers and the chocolates yet. I'm procrastinating and uh, oh, I know I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. Let me just say something. If you're out there and you are single on Valentine's Day and you're like, oh, no, I feel so bad. Don't worry about it. If you are a listener to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, chances are you have an amazing heart and you're very attractive. I've been told by several other radio hosts that our listeners are the most attractive listeners in the world. So guaranteed you're going to find someone wonderful. And also, if you're single on Valentine's Day, there's a 100% chance you're going to be sleeping in your own bed because you're not going to be arguing with your spouse. So keep that in mind. And keep that in mind. You don't have to worry about running out to the store at 3 in the morning getting chocolates now i gotta write this card i don't know what i'm gonna say give me some suggestions please feel free to email your suggestions of what i should write my card to ryan at out of limits radio.com and please do so within the next few hours I seriously i'm running out of time here and um i want to make more shows for you in the future let us begin tonight's program joining us now is dr sinatra cardiologist and psychotherapist 40 years of clinical experience in treating heart disease. You can learn more about him by going to these two websites, heartmdinstitute.com and drsinatra.com. Dr. Sinatra, welcome to the program.
1: It's good to be here, Ryan. Thank
0: you. Okay, you've studied the heart a long, long time. What are some of the biggest factors that will determine how healthy your heart is? And actually, what are some of the things that a person can do right now To improve the vitality of their heart.
1: Well, I mean, certainly lifestyle characteristics overwhelm genetics. I mean, you know, when when I was treating uh, patients on a day-to-day basis, and if they had a family history of heart disease, like a death before 50 or a heart attack before 50, I would screen, uh, you know, the families of these uh, patients because certain characteristics are genetically carried down like uh, high homocysteine for example or high LP little a or um, uh, even C reactive protein certainly cholesterol factors can be carried down so so in other words if you if you have um, some inflammatory genetic components that are transferred genetically it's good to know that it's very good to know that but lifestyle characteristics trump genetics for example um, if my dad had a heart attack at age uh, let's say 45 And uh, he was a smoker and sort of an aggressive personality, ate poorly, never exercised, uh, gained weight. And I saw that as a child, and I decided, I'm not going to be that way. I'm going to have a different personality. I'm not going to smoke. I'm going to stay trim. I'm going to go out for sports. Uh, Chances are I'm not going to have a heart attack. Uh, and, 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 and they're really good chances so basically your lifestyle what your environmental factors trumps genetics so even in families who have been quote dealt a bad set of genes uh, I strongly believe you can overcome that uh, you know with with good lifestyles okay now, now what are the good lifestyles to follow Well, certainly a non-inflammatory diet is one um, I sort of like a plant-based diet with animal protein um, I eat organically as much as I can or free-range um the the worst things about diet are the in, inflammatory uh producing factors and in one word ryan it's sugar it's sugar so soda yeah okay. i mean soda for example just brings nothing to the table dead calories drink water drink almond milk or or or, or anything but don't drink sodas i mean I'm, okay
0: uh, wait wait let me pause you for one second is it what is safer is it safer to drink the fluorid Fluoridated tap water or soda? What would you say would be the lesser of the two Well,
1: okay, good point. Very good point. Um, uh, Tap water nowadays is getting worse and worse from the environmental point of view. I mean, lead is pervasive. Um, The chemicals, insecticides, pesticides. Now even phthalates, BPA. I mean, our water supply is getting more and more contaminated beyond what you know the fluoride and the chlorine that a lot of waters have. So, you know, drinking healthy water is important. Um, and And I usually recommend this. Um, if you If a family can afford it, uh, I recommend reverse osmosis. Uh, you can put these systems underneath your sink. You change the filters once or twice a year. But the only problem with reverse osmosis is, like distilled water, it's dead water. In other words, it ha- it's water, but it doesn't have minerals in it. But it doesn't have chlorine in it. It doesn't have fluoride in it. It doesn't have insecticides or pesticides. So basically, you you, you take the good, the bad, and the ugly out. So if you do have reverse osmosis water in your home, you need to fortify it with minerals and uh, there 's lots of minerals that people can take. they can take them in liquid form, powdered form i mean there 's certainly lots of minerals out there where you can replenish your body. But your point is well taken um, wherever I live, I always have my water tested uh, I always uh, you know send it out to a place in the midwest. Um, it costs about a hundred dollars, but it's worth it to know whether your, your water has mercury in it, lead in it, uh, you know, too much uh, uranium, you have know, radiation yeah. in it, for example. There's there's so many things. They, water. They, we're
0: just like the guinea pigs for these people.
1: Yeah, but there's <laughs> good the bottled pi- waters you can buy as well, and and we should stay honest because healthy water is probably the most important thing you can take for for optimum health. I mean, as well as your heart. But the three waters that I like, I mean, I like Aquapana water. Uh, that sort of comes from an old Roman you know spring of antiquity two thousand years ago in Italy Uh, I like Saratoga water Uh, you know you're from New York I grew up in New York but you know Saratoga Springs has a lot of minerals up there their flat water is very good it's in glass by the way which is which I prefer glass over plastic and I like Mountain Valley water that's in a green bottle so uh, those three waters uh, I prefer Um, and I have no relationship with those companies I I just uh, you know like their waters the best but your point is well taken you know you, you you have to drink healthy water I mean let's face it the idea of healthy water would come from a glacier that the Sun is melting the glacier and the water is running down over rocks getting lots of minerals and uh, and 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 energized by the vibration of the Sun's rays uh, and the grounding of the earth which replenishes energy into the water so th- that type of water would, would have like what I call a high Zeta potential it's a high vibratory water but the waters that we drink today you know, they're, they're reprocessed (laughs) and uh, processed
0: water. Isn't that nice? You can't even have like, you know, reprocessed food, processed food. Now we get reprocessed water, Water. water,
1: and it's dark and dingy it. and plants and they're,
0: they're water.
1: They are underground and uh, they're bottled in plastic and stuff like that. Hey, look if you if you're dying of thirst, any water is good. Let's face it, even oh. though it's it, <laughs> any water is good. But but you know if you can choose your waters wisely and and uh, you, you can spend a few more pennies on it, um, I would I would recommend it.
0: You know what I. I we're going to go to a place that I don't think we go anywhere else with anyone else because we did the interview with you uh, previously with Tommy Rosa and Tommy Rosa had a near death experience. Did you ever have any kind of insight or have you gotten any kind of insight on if you ingest something like that has been negatively charged, whether it be water, whether, whether it be food, if that can have a negative impact in your heart. And I'll give you one example. There are people who, are, who choose not to eat meat because an animal Experiences a tremendous amount of pain or suffering and that energy gets embedded apparently on the flesh of that animal You ingest that that travels throughout your body. I'm curious if that has ever come up or if a negatively charged uh, Plant or animal could have a negative impact on your heart
1: You have a very good question and uh, it's a very valid question and the answer is true I I, I mean I'm, I'm a trained psychotherapist as well as a cardiologist and um when animals are slaughtered if there's terror and fear in that animal before the animal is slaughtered and that's transferred to the flesh and you eat the flesh i believe some of that energy can be transferred to you um um, i I can remember as as a doctor for years uh i was very interested in patients dreams because i was also a certified psychotherapist and i always was involved with the emotional and the physical aspects of healing and uh, uh, I've heard of nightmares in in patients, and I asked them what they ate that day. And, uh, you know, some of them ate, you know, again, red meat and steak and hamburger and stuff like that. So your point is well taken. And uh, um, I've always told my patients uh, not to eat veal uh, because I thought the ra- – and I never eat veal. And uh, I thought the raising of, of calves was sort of inhumane, you know, when you when you sort of – uh, keep a calf in 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 jail, so to speak, chained to a to an area where they can't you know walk or uh, or, or or really run around and and you know just you know use use their God-given uh, the, the, their legs for for exercise, and uh, uh, there must be a lot of anger, there must be a lot of depression, there must be a lot of you know negativity, and uh, veal is an inflammatory food, by the way. And I've often wondered. I mean, this is not fact, Ryan. I'm just, I'm just, you know, temporizing here. But I often wondered if, when a calf is growing up, if that emotionality is transferred to the meat, because the meat is pro-inflammatory. It's a pro-inflammatory meat. Unlike, like lamb. Lamb is not a pro-inflammatory meat. So, um, yeah, your, your question is well taken. If you ever um, buy foods, this is where I think the humane killing. uh... uh, sort of the kosher style of killing or slashing the neck um I love a chicken, for example, and bleeding the chicken. I I believe that's um, um, one of the you know, more humane ways of killing. And the food may be tastier because of the uh, way the animal is sacrificed. Look, there's no great way of sacrificing an animal. And, uh, you know, I, I used to be a fisherman for years. I can't even kill fish anymore. I mean, I, I, I feel guilty about it. But, but if I'm hungry and I want to eat the fish, sure, I'll kill it. But... Um, um, I, I just feel uh, the same way about trees and plants. Uh, after meeting Tommy Rosa, um, you know, Tommy tells me that, you know, these, these plants have feelings. Gee, uh, uh, so
0: were they, are they, were they upset when we eat them?
1: What, the plants?
0: I don't know. <laughs> sure. I
1: don't know. That's a question for Tommy.
0: <laughs> I come back but, to Tommy about that.
1: <laughs> but that's a question for Tommy. But, um, uh, you know, another uh, pro-inflammatory uh, situation is omega-6 oils. Uh, which um, like canola oil for example or corn oil or soybean oil um, not olive oil that's an omega-9 uh, uh, you know uh, and um, mostly it um, has saturated and monounsaturated fats in it but like these omega-6 oils are pro-inflammatory and they cause you know harm to the body and the worst oils are the trans fats uh, these trans fats uh, that and people need to read labels on, you know, um, uh, you know especially like a real dangerous food would be a, a microwave popcorn that has lots of trans fats because oh, these man. are really pro-inflammatory. These are like unguided missiles that eat out the inner lining of blood cells and really cause enormous inflammation. And remember, it's inflammation that causes you know placking, heart disease, uh, and and inflammation is caused by some of the things we mentioned. Heavy metals, insecticides, pesticides. We talked about water, and certainly trans fats, omega 6 oils. Your best oil, the secret sauce of the Mediterranean diet is olive oil. And then, and again, the the pro inflammatory aspects and the emotionality of, of, of animals, we need to consider that. Uh, But I generally like more plant-based. I do recommend animal protein. I like wild migratory fish. Smaller fish I like because of the of the mercury factor and uh, of the heavy metal factor, and also the pollution of the oceans and streams uh, and and lakes as well. So uh, sardines, I would say, are the healthiest fish that you can possibly eat. They're loaded with coenzyme Q10. They have DMAE in it, which is uh, you know a choline derivative that's great for the brain. They're loaded with calcium. And uh, it's, it's just, a, uh, you know, the, probably the, the healthiest fish you can possibly eat. And they don't get big enough to get really mercury or lead or any of, of the, uh, you know, uh, environmental contaminants in it. So, you know, a healthy diet is number one. And, and, again, a non-inflammatory diet, lots of fruits and vegetables, nuts. I mean, the seven-day inventors uh, have shown us over and over again that, uh, you know, a vegetarian way of eating, and especially nuts. Now, the med study, the study that was done in uh, Europe, that uh, hands down showed that if people ate either two tablespoons of olive oil extra virgin olive oil a day or a couple of handfuls of nuts their incidence of heart disease cancer depression diabetes metabolic syndrome was significantly less over a five-year period than people who ate like the American Heart Association lower fat diet so healthy fats are good for you
0: apparently when you get older can you only push your heart a certain rate? There's some people who run marathons. There's some people who, um, you know, have gotten into great shape. Is there a danger of pushing your heart too hard? And then um, I'm just kind of curious if I, how hard can you push your heart? Is depends. it dangerous to run marathons after a certain sure, age? Sure.
1: Sure. First of all, it depends on how old you are. Um, certainly, um, uh, let me use myself for example. I used to wrestle all through junior high, high school, and college and um uh, uh, oh my gosh we used to go 333 in college sometimes an over nine time maybe be 12 minutes my heart rate was probably over 180 uh, over max in other words the the maximal heart rate uh, for a person is like you, you can figure it out Basically, you can take like 170 minus your age and, and subtract. And for example, um, I'm 70 years old now, so um, if, if I had a heart rate of 120 to 130, that would be you know a good training heart rate. And 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 my oh the the, the maximum heart rate I'm sorry is 220 minus your age, and and around 170 would be like uh, a an upper limit of normal for most people to really exercise at. But let me. Th- rephrase your question this way people need to know that exercise can have a downside i mean the one exercise that is probably the worst is racquetball or some of these interval trainings that we do where it's start stop start stop where you're Oh, the high
0: intensity
1: yeah the high intensity i'm not a big fan of interval training i am not a big fan of it because if you're not in that type of condition and you suppose you're a fifty-year-old guy and you say I want to lose 20 pounds and I'm going to go jogging then I'm going to sprint for a little while and then jog and then I'm going to walk that's interval training and uh, the problem with that is in an untrained individual uh, that can produce plaque rupture and and heart attacks now marathon runners have a high incidence of heart disease um, and uh, and and sudden death for that factor and the reason being is, and this is one of the lectures I give across the country, the reason being is when you do this much high-intensity exercise, you get an antioxidant drain. In other words, um, I, I call it the athlete's unfair advantage, where they uh, have an enormous antioxidant drain. They're losing Q10. They're losing vitamin E. They're losing magnesium. And even female athletes lose iron. That's why they get what we call primary amenorrhea, where these young women athletes they even stop menstruating because uh, the, the 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 body knows it needs to conserve iron. So, for any person uh, who wants to embark on an exercise program, and I, my cutoff is age 40 now. I used to go 50 for a woman and 45 for a male, but. You know, with with heart disease being more and more pervasive uh, as time goes on, I dropped it to 40. So if anybody wants to embark on an exercise program, they they need to, you know, have an exercise stress test and be screened with with a minimum of of an exercise test just to make sure that exercise is safe. Because the danger of exercise is this. And I've had so many cases in my practice like this. You know, a a guy takes his car to a gas station and he gets an oil change, but they forgot to put the oil in it and they put a new filter in it. It seizes up three miles later, the guy gets out of his car, he starts pushing it, and he has a heart attack. Uh, I've had situations where men were picking up a TV or or moving a refrigerator and had a heart attack. And when, when you do unaccustomed exercise and you're not trained, and if you have... Toxic emotions at the same time, that's like double handcuffs, so you never want to jog when you're angry. I've had patients tell me, Doc, I was so angry I went running. I go, no, 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 don't do that. You, You don't want to do that because the intensity of emotional stress superimposed on physical stress can sometimes raise the heart rate and blood pressure. Uh, you know, very, very high and blood pressure tends to go up. It's like driving your car with your brakes on. So you have to be careful when it comes to exercise and and, and do it with um a, a lot of diligence. And, and again, don't tie up your emotions. Don't have a bad emotional uh, situation and, and use exercise as a way of dispelling it because uh, it can backfire on you. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, I'm just curious also, how, what impact can tv or other forms of entertainment have in your heart like if your brain is in a very negative state or if you're watching tv if you're watching i'm just curious to know uh, if you've ever had experiences if you know a person sitting in front of the tv could actually have a negative impact on their heart because of what they're feeling because of their reaction to to what they're they're engaging
1: um good point again this can be helpful or it can be hurtful uh you know people who watch tv I'll give you, and again, you're asking me questions that I have real life events to, to uh, you know, you know, give you you know real life situations. I had a guy in Connecticut, and uh, I don't know if you remember the days when uh, the the men, and now it's the women, that were winning the national championships. Uh, I had a guy with advanced heart disease, and every time he watched a basketball game with UConn, he got severe angina, uh, meaning he had a heart cramp, and I had to forbid him from watching those games because, you know, he showed up in the emergency room once, I had to admit him, and uh, he did it again, and uh, he, it almost killed him. I have to tell you, it was it was a bad situation because he got emotionally involved, you know, with the game. Same thing is true with people who, um, you know, are watching politics or watching movies, and they get really upset, and they get angry. The best thing they can do is turn the TV off. However, so get, go ahead, Brian.
0: I, I was going to i got to tell, tell my parents, stop watching TV, stop watching the news.
1: Stop watching the news because people are watching really upset. News. Politics, yeah. the news, you know, the crime, the uh, the terrorism. However, let's 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 be honest here. If they're watching a TV show and it makes them sad and they're crying and uh, they're they're sobbing so to speak, it's not the TV program or the movie that makes you sad. What the TV program or if you go to a movie and you start crying in a movie theater. What it's doing is it's touching your sadness that we all have. All human beings have sadness. We all have elements of depression. We have, you know, we have that in our in our in our emotional and physical body. So um, let me give you an example.
2: Um,
1: I grew up as a cardiologist. I grew up as a wrestler. I, I, I wrestled all through college, and uh, uh, I never cried as a kid because um, when my father used to, you know tell me if you don't stop crying I'll give you something to cry about I wouldn't cry right (laughs) to get back at them and I learned about this in my psychotherapy training but then when I became a board-certified cardiologist I realized that men who didn't who who didn't cry got heart disease and I even did research on it Uh, and um, it was something that really bothered me so when I became a certified psychotherapist I needed to do 200 hours of personal therapy uh, one of my aims was trying to touch my sadness and cry, and I couldn't do it. You know, even you know, you know, going to therapists and working with them, I just couldn't cry. However, certain movies made me cry, and uh, one of them, the best movie that made me cry was Hoosiers uh, with Gene Hackman, and uh, and uh, and uh, I ended up seeing the movie five times because I knew it was healing me. Because whenever you touch deep sadness with intense sobbing or crying. And that movie touched something in me. Uh, You know, Hackman was like my wrestling coach, and we liked underdogs a lot. And You know, it was a great movie, but it touched me emotionally. Uh, I got more out of crying watching that movie than I did in years of psychotherapy, trying to get myself to cry, because I realized pent-in emotions, especially sadness, can be devastating to the uh, heart. That's why I wrote the book uh, years ago, Heartbreak and Heart Disease. Because if you cannot alleviate the heartbreak that we all have, uh, and and the best way to alleviate it is with crying because crying will free up the heartbreak that can eventually lead to heart disease. So when you asked me the question about TV, yeah, it can be bad and it also can be good.
0: It's uh, If you laugh, is that good for your heart? Oh,
1: that's that's phenomenal. Are you kidding me? That's Now, look, Ryan, what happens if you laugh so hard and you can't stop laughing? What happens after that?
0: You poop your pants.
1: You poop in your pants or you cry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the, That's the beauty. That's those that involuntary emotions. I can remember. I, I worked with one of the world's greatest psychotherapists in bioenergetics. His name was Alexander Lowen. And uh, he was a disciple of Reich. And he tried to get me to cry. And I oh, my God. Some of the therapy was very painful. Uh, but um, one day he had me, uh he had my chest, uh, he was opening my chest over what we call a bioenergetic uh, couch or stool where your chest is wide open. And I started to laugh and he said to me he goes oh you think that's funny I go yeah so he started to tickle me right in my chest (laughs) and I started to laugh and laugh but that's what he was after he was after the endorphin relief of uncontrolled laughter is absolutely miraculous in healing the heart you know kids they laugh 500 times a day oh this is on my website by the way uh, heartmdinstitute.com if people would ever click on um, prevention of heart disease uh, or sudden death you know, I, I talk about this because laughing, uh, uh, like if, if you watch Laurel and Hardy movies or the Pink Panther or any of these movies and you laugh, it's healing for the heart, no question. And and if you laugh hard enough, uh, you know, hopefully uh, you'll cry. And uh, and if you can give yourself permission to cry, that's the most healing emotion you can do for your heart.
0: Oh, that's awesome. It's and uh, look, like, say so for example, you find yourself in the unfortunate position where you start to have a heart attack. Is there anything you can immediately do that would uh, – Push you in a better position or at least save your life?
1: If you think you're having a heart attack, what to do?
0: Yeah. I would chew on an
1: aspirin immediately. Okay. It could be any aspirin, a a white aspirin, a 325, a baby aspirin, a couple of. I would chew on an aspirin and call 911, or if you're out in the sticks, just get somebody to take you to the hospital because time is of the essence. Remember this 50% of the time, that's why people go to my website, they can see this stuff. 50% of the time, the first symptom of heart disease is sudden death so it's important to realize that you know if you're getting crushing chest pain or if you're a male or if you're getting intense jaw pain or neck discomfort or uh, if you're a woman you break out into a sweat you get short of breath for both men and women you have dreadful fatigue and you say to yourself oh I never had this symptom before this is something different You've got to jump in a car or an ambulance, have somebody drive. You're calling an ambulance, chew on an aspirin, and get to an emergency room because this is where modern medicine is at its best, uh, when you can get an emergency stent or you can get an angioplasty, you can open up that vessel, and if you can get to the hospital within two hours, you, you can prevent uh, a major heart attack, even sudden death for that matter.
0: Okay. And, Dr. a final question I have for you, sir. Oh, I'm enjoying this interview so much is, have you ever concluded or thought of the heart as being a nether, uh, as being conscious, like the brain? We think of the brain as a directing, you know, energy. Yeah. But have you ever thought of seeing the heart as its own kind of frequency or consciousness?
1: Hey, Ryan, I got to tell you, I've been doing radio interviews for 40 years and. These few questions you asked me have been the most fun questions I've ever had to answer. <laughs> My and they're pleasure. really Thanks. good. Thank you. And I'm not blowing smoke. Uh, believe me, I'm telling you. I, I've been interviewed by the uh, – I've been on TV, radio so many times. That's a superb question, and the answer is this. The heart is the king of the body. The heart rules the brain. And we've only learned this within the last 10 to 15 years with heart rate variability. And, and I'll say it this way. The, the heart the – heart, is under the control of the autonomic nervous system which means the vagus nerve which means um, the sympathetic nervous system you know how the this nervous system is divided into the sympathetic branch and the parasympathetic branch that's why grounding when we did our interview with Tommy Rose and we talked about grounding what grounding does it balances the autonomic nervous system so if you're in terror fear Anxiety uh, if you're if you're upset if you're waiting for the other shoe to drop your sympathetic nervous system is on You know on high charge if you put your bare feet on the ground You cause a parasympathetic stimulation and you balance the sympathetic nervous system now what we've learned is that heart rate variability is actually is actually a Um a maneuver we can determine the heart rate variability of a person, but it's really what the heart is getting from the brain. In other words, the heart is telling us what's going on in the brain. We can not measure what's going on in the brain. I mean, we can with EEGs and you know brain scans and sophisticated technology, but nobody can, you know, you have to, you have to go to a hospital for that. But, if your heart is reflecting what's going on in the brain, and you have good heart rate variability, this is wonderful. This is optimum health. But if you have poor heart rate variability, um, uh, this means. And any chronic illness will disturb heart rate variability. There's certain drugs that'll do it. For example, uh, the drugs that men take for prostate problems that we call them alpha blockers, or of asthma medications, sympathomimetics. This can have an adverse effect on heart rate variability. Anger, rage can have an adverse effect. Prayer. Uh, silence, meditation, qigong, tai chi, yoga, they have a positive impact on heart rate variability. Omega-3s have a positive impact, like fish oil or squid oil have a really good positive effect. Air pollution has a negative infa- uh, impact. It disturbs heart rate variability, especially when we're inhaling uh, you know, these very, very tiny particles um, on hot human days. Uh, so the, the, your question is this. The heart is the king of the body. But the heart reflects what's going on in the brain, uh, and basically we can measure heart rate variability now with very, very easy techniques. It's, it's very easy. We can even get a determination of heart rate variability from an exercise stress test. Uh, here's a poor man's heart rate variability, Ryan. It's very easy. If somebody exercises, let's say you go to a gym, you get your heart rate up to 150, and after five minutes, it's still above 110, you have disturbed heart rate variability. You have something going on in your body that uh, we need to investigate—something emotionally, something physically—but something is off. If after five minutes, if you're exercising at 150 and your heart rate goes below 110 into the 80s or 90s, you have good heart rate variability. So basically, um, even with electromagnetics, with Wi-Fi and uh, uh, EMF, and uh, you know, you know, all these gadgets, uh, cell phone towers, all, all these. Uh, s- Forces that we can't see, we can't feel, see, taste them, see them. They can. They have a negative impact on heart rate variability. So this- that's incredible.
0: So you're thinking that why? Because like, everyone has a laptop. I mean, I, I myself sit with a laptop. So that could be having a negative impact. Yes, on the
1: life? yes. That's why kids when they go to schools and they have uh, industrial Wi-Fi penetrating cinder block. These little children, sometimes it has an adverse effect on the heart. They get headaches. They get lightheadedness, dizziness, nausea. You know, they, they they can't find out what's wrong with them at school. The nurse doesn't know what's wrong. The doctors don't know what's wrong. And then all of a sudden they go home, they're fine. And on the weekends, they're fine. And then in the summertime, they're fine. And then when they go to school, they you know, and, um, you know, these things happen. But I'll tell you this. Um, you know this is in our book health revelations from heaven and earth but people need to be aware that Wi-Fi has a downside you can go to Wikipedia Ryan and there's a Wi-Fi sickness it's defined you know it's, it's a classic yeah. sickness that even conventional doctors know about so what do you do you go to Ethernet you know if you, like I'm on a computer I, I have it plugged in I don't have Wi-Fi in my house the phone I'm talking to you now is wired it's wired it's not a cordless phone it's a wired phone when I talk on a cell phone I put it on speakerphone and I hold it three feet away from my body. Um, you know, these, these are, you never want to put a cell phone in your pocket because now the biggest problem in, uh, in males today is sterility because a cell phone Jeez. pocket, you know, close to your testicles, you, you lower your sperm production 400% within two hours of having that radiation go right to your testicles. So, you know, sterility used to be the female problem. Now it's the male problem. So we have to be worried about, uh, EMF but look you know we don't want to be <laughs> destructive uh, but we want to be productive so the key is how do you be productive without being self-destructive well you use these gadgets smart you know you, you just have to use them smart uh, I'm not a big fan of cordless phones I, I tell people to throw them out and get them out of the house because uh, they were emitting, you know radiation 24 7 and they adversely affect the heart and by the way I'm more worried about electromagnetics on the heart than I am brain cancer I mean it may take 20 30 years to get a brain cancer of a cell phone but you can have a disturbed heart rate variability with a rhythm disturbance within five minutes Uh, especially if you have vulnerability with the heart like a hidden bypass tract or an aging heart or a calcification in the conduction system I see this over and over again as a cardiologist so you know the environment is getting more and more toxic but you know we got to stay positive just like Tommy told us we got to stay positive and basically, we just have to, you know, be mindful, use discernment. And whenever I lecture, Ryan, my biggest fear is children, infants, babies, in utero. When I see a woman talking on a cell phone or having a computer on her belly and she's six months pregnant, it drives me crazy. And I walk over to these women and I tell them, you know, what I know. And I tell them I lecture across the country. And I and I, I, I feel we have to protect, protect the unborn and the newborn because they're the most vulnerable to electromagnetics and RF.
0: And it just seems like, well, we grew up in areas where we didn't have to deal with it. And uh, I guess, you know, we take it for granted that we came out okay. And I just just can't imagine.
1: Yeah. How old are you, um, Ryan? Um, I'm
0: 38.
1: 38. Um, you're in the generation, the healthiest generation is really my generation because we didn't grow up with, with computers. And the next healthiest generation is your generation because you got it when you were a teenagers. Um, but I worry about now the, the kids growing up on cell phones. And, and growing up on computers and these gadgets that they play with, these games that are, that are Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. If you're five years old, <laughs> that's, that scares me. That really, really scares me. So um, you, the best thing you can do for your kids, Ryan, is you can mm-hmm. be an example. If you're talking on a cordless a cell phone and you put it towards your ear, your kids are going to do that. So you got to put it on speakerphone and hold it away from your body. And then your kids will, will – remember, kids will follow what you do, not what you say. If you smoke, they're going to smoke. If you drink, they're going to yeah. drink. You know, if, if um, you know, you're know you going to eat unhealthy, they're going to eat unhealthy. It's the way it is, you know. But, uh, is it okay
0: to, to put a phone next to your bed if you have a cell phone next to the bed? Is that bad? Is that that's next bad. Next-
1: and, 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 and kids – this drives me crazy when kids put it underneath their pillow, and uh, they're waiting for a call. That drives me crazy because that cell phone is emitting radio, radio, radiation twenty-four-seven. Ryan, do me a favor. You're a, you're a journalist. You're a radio guy. You know you you ask good questions. Read the inserts on these cell phones. Read them. They say they don't want them touching your body. I mean. And and look, I can't work without a cell phone. I mean, I I have a cell, and I use computers. But you just need to be a little smarter. That's all it is. Just be a little smarter, and uh, and we can live with this technology because we need technology, and technology saves lives. But if it's used carelessly, it it can it can hurt your life as well.
0: Well, Doctor, I want to let you, our listeners know something because I know there's some. There have to be some of you listening right now that are like, "Oh my God, everything that this gentleman has just described, I'm I've done." Well, let me tell you, I have done just about everything. I've slept with a cell phone on my heart. I've slept with it next to my ear. You know, I, there is a big, big wake-up call because you know we want to be alive a lot longer and produce more shows and have some more fun. But wow, this is a this is a really uh, mind-blowing interview, and I, I want to thank you, Doctor Sinatra. It was really great to have you. And to learn more about Dr. Sinatra, again, we're going to give his two websites. We go to (laughs) heartmdinstitute.com. That's a tongue twister, Ryan. Heartmdinstitute.com and drsinatra.com. Dr. Dr. Sinatra. Sinatra. And
1: Ryan, can I say one more thing? Yes. What you just said was so crucial about how you're doing everything wrong. Just remember how God works, what Tommy told us. God puts people in your path. So basically... I was putting you a path, not only to have your uh, listeners listen to this, but I was placing you a path to change some of your habits. So I'm your messenger,
0: and oh, that's thank the you. way God
1: works. So now you're going to use speakerphone, and you're going to, and you know, you can buy an RF device. You can get these RF devices and test your phones and see how much radiation is in your phone. I mean, you know, you, you can get them; they're out there. You know, just just look at radio frequency devices.
0: You know, you mentioned the word radiation because I, the other night it was dark outside. I'm like, there's a re- Is there a reason why I'm glowing in the dark? I'm like, no, it's the radiation.
1: Could be. It could be it's the radiation. You know? Yeah. If, if uh. now there's a good gadget I use. It's www.radmeter.com. Uh, they have a website. I think it's an Israeli company that put together this incredible technology. But you can test your cordless phones, your cell phones, computers, and and you know, it has a green, yellow, and a red light. And some of these red lights, I mean, you you don't want to be a thousand times more abnormal than the, than what you know the body can take. And uh, you know these devices, it's, it's like having a German Shepherd in your pocket, Ryan. <laughs> you yes, know what I mean? No. Instead of barking, you know it 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 it, it has a, a readout on it and has a light on it. Uh, some of the devices make a noise, they make a very loud noise because remember, you can't see, taste, or feel this RF, radio frequency. But those and, – and, and remember, it's the unseen forces that can do more harm and and, and can be more powerful than the seen forces. And, and the benevolent forces, the spiritual forces, can also do a lot of good. Uh, uh, but again, it's these unseen forces that uh, we have to key into.
2: Anyway, it was great it was talking
1: lucky. to you. You were a yep. great interviewer. If you ever want to do this again, I think your questions are so provocative, and I love them, and uh, you know, keep them coming. I'll be happy to go on your show anytime.
0: Dr. Sinatra, thank you so much. That was a real great, profound interview. We opened up uh, so many doors. If you can learn more about Dr. Sinatra by going to his website at heartmdinstitute.com and drsinatra.com. Real great pleasure, Dr. Sinatra.
1: Oh, it's great. Great to be with you.
0: Welcome back to the program is Mr. Jeff Casper, Metaphysical Teacher, Energy Healer, and Ms. Yona Brindis, Energy Healer, and Metaphysical Teacher. Learn more about them by going to the website at selfunification.com Welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for being with us today.
3: Hi there, Ryan. Yeah. Thanks for inviting oh, yeah.
0: us. It's an you, honor to be here. Oh, it's having I mean, we always have a great time with you. And focus of today is going to be on the heart. Focusing on the heart from a metaphysical perspective, how do you perceive the heart, and how crucial is it to a person's you know being and evolution?
2: Well, I think that the metaphysical aspect of the heart, you're getting past the ego, you're getting past the mind. So the whole key of the metaphysical heart and the energetic state of the heart is to allow you to have access to the, if you were to call it faster, vibratory rates or divine energies, that's your connection point. So it's very vital. Okay.
0: Is the heart actually something that would be considered uh, another part of your consciousness where it has its own... Perception, you know, how the brain works is the brain and the, are the brain and the heart kind of very similar in terms of how they perceive information
3: Well, that's a good question. It's actually um subject of a lot of research right now um, there's more and more evidence that um, Our heart actually uh, has its own electromagnetic field and with that also um, Its own memory its own intelligence if you will and so from a spiritual um energetic standpoint without any um sort of beliefs or anything um it looks like right now that um the very thing that all the ancient teachings and the ancient um you know avatars were trying to convey is that our heart is a pathway to a higher level mm-hmm. of consciousness or a higher level of perception if you will and this is I mean basically what we do is mm-hmm. is uh, uh, teaching people how to get there how to hold this space so there is a lot of talk about that I mean the sacred heart is is, is a standing term pretty much in all languages uh, in all religions mm-hmm. so it's not really new it's just that um, with people starting to awaken um, in their um, sort of heart intelligence, if you will, um, and 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 wanting more from their lives, they're beginning to have these experiences that are not necessarily coming from their mind's intelligence, but they're coming from their heart's intelligence. And the um, challenges in 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 opening up this connection, even though it's a innate connection that we all have is um, mostly overcoming all the barriers that we um, consciously or unconsciously put in between our mind, our ego mind, and our heart.
0: If we're going to look at the mind and we're going to look at the heart, we're going to look at the extreme ends of both, is it safe to say that the mind is the chamber of the ego and the heart is the chamber of the higher self?
2: In vague terms. Yeah, but the ego actually entails emotions in mind. Mostly you've got your defense mechanisms and coping patterns that are all linked together with Mostly emotions in mind and as you begin to open up to the heart field and the energy that is there That actually starts to change all the, the the mind and the emotions and the ego Because the power that's in your heart field the power that is in the spiritual realm If you want to put it that way or the link to God or whatever um Description you want to use they're all they're all similar um, that creates the potential for everything else that it has more energy than to change so the mind has power over the body and the energy of the heart or the spiritualness has power over the mind and the body.
0: What do you uh, for both of you? What do you find is a more likely to manifest into physical reality if you have something that you're very determined in your mind, or if you have something that you're very determined in your heart? What carries a greater weight in terms of being able to manifest into physical reality quicker and more effectively? You know, this
3: is a very important question actually because it is um, the the problem that most people um, when they begin this journey don't really know the difference between emotions, feelings, thoughts, and sensations. To answer the question in a short way, um, uh, you you would have to um, uh, see the different energetic levels of, of certain energetic states. And, of course, um, the heart level has a higher energetic state and has, therefore, more um, power. It creates a larger attractor field, you know, which in terms of manifestation, um... Uh, tends to pull in, you know, tends to conspire to create, um, favorable or beneficial circumstances. But the biggest problem, especially in terms of manifestation and what that actually means to manifest from the heart, is that most people don't really know what their heart tells them. Um, and, and, and part of that is our conditioning and, um, our separation from our heart. Most of us think that our emotions are what our heart tells us. That is not correct. Um, our, um, heart can, um, give us guidance, can, 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 or has that access to our true inner feelings. But because the, The sensations, the physical sensations that come with it feel very similar to some of our emotions. Like I'll make a quick example. You know, when we do something like when we eat a donut or, you know, when we do something... Uh,
0: Donuts are awesome. (laughs) Exactly.
3: It gives us that... You just represented that feeling right there or that emotion. It's awesome. You know, it just feels really good. Um, And uh, that is a physical... Um, uh, uh, response that you're actually, um, expressing with that. You know, it's, there's all kinds of neurotransmitters and all kinds of sort of neurological responses, um, uh, um, in play, you know, when you, when you have something that really sort of, you know, just sort of triggers your, you know, you're wanting to feel good, like this nurturing or whatever you want to call this. Uh, whereas a feeling, a feeling is a bit larger of a, of, um, uh, um, a, a sensation. It, it, it will be more like um, feeling really, really attracted to to wanting to do something, or to, to wanting to be with someone, or to wanting to be at a certain place that you can't really explain, and it's not really linked to our physical. So a feeling, like a, a feeling that comes from our heart, a true feeling, as we call it, just just for terminology's sake to to get linguistic differentiation here. Um, is something that resonates with your entire body and from an energetic standpoint what happens um, in those um, states of resonance is that you are resonating with a um, with a higher energetic um, convergence within yourself which means something that pulls you into you know um, uh, the future if you will so the heart and the difference between the heart and the mind and the feelings and emotions is that our emotions are m- mostly tied to our um, physical responses and and uh, to right now where the feelings can be non-local they can be non um, uh, linear and they can um, also come from the future so this explains why people are attracted to, to things that that have absolutely no link to to their reality in quotation marks, you know to to their past or to, to what they know But there is an inner sense that we have and that uh, emanates through our heart field that Recognizes when we do something that is for our highest good or for our highest potential and that is what we call feeling and uh, in 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 conjunction with, with conscious manifestation, um, this uh, plays a, a major role and the ability to discern between those.
0: And there are some people who I would call, you would call them, I uh, guess the terminology would be hopeless romantics, they're always falling in love, they're always uh, finding someone and they're, they're they're in love and they, they have this emotion. What, are, what is the difference between a person who falls in love and it's real love and that's what the heart is telling them it to a person who falls in love and it is a reaction for the brain or it is an addiction for the brain or it is their brain trying to convince them that they're in love. How do you tell the difference between the two well, things? What is, it? And also, what is a healthy healthy way
2: of telling if you're in a healthy relationship love-wise? Well, the key thing with, with, and that's a huge topic <laughs> that could be like 14 books but a, it's, it's, oh, it's, all, it's oh. all good. We can <laughs> do a real quick synopsis. It's, the thing about love, true love, The feeling of love, the sensation of love, that's an energetic state. It has nothing to do with another person. It has nothing to do with, um, a relationship necessarily. It's a relationship with life. It's the energetic state you're at. You can love everything. And it's not hippy dippy. It's, it's you truly have a loving feeling, a loving joy for everything that is around you. That's an energetic state. When you get into loving someone, what most people, I shouldn't say most, the majority out there that Experience is a love from a lower energetic state. It's usually emotionally tied, like you just talked about. It's a chemical reaction. It's a donut. Um, yeah, it's a donut, it, but the donut gets boring, and you go to the next one, and all this kind of stuff. But you, all those things happen. It's infatuation. It's, um, or the words, of passion can be in there as well, but passion can continue. But infatuation, um, a, there's usually a tie. When you're in a relationship that's based on a lower view of love, if you want to use those words, um, There's typically no separation. So if I'm with Yona and I can't be who I am without her, or if she would leave me, that would be the end of my world. That is a sign that there's a tie that's not healthy. And that's typically not a sign of healthy love because then you're, you're basically putting the objectification of love onto a person as opposed to real love. If I truly love her, I still will be hurt if she leaves me, which I do truly love her. But if, if, if she would leave me, it's of course it's going to hurt me. But if that's the best thing for us, then That's 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 truth.
3: So the main difference between love and infatuation, if you want to say um, from an energetic standpoint, is the alignment. Right. Um, And, you know, what most people perceive as love or falling in love um, is something that originates in our, um, you know, first, second and third chakra in our lower um, energy centers that are very much so tied to our personal survival to our um, uh, Physical autonomous nervous system, which means that it can indeed in 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 those states It can indeed feel like the end of the world because Mm -hmm. if it is tied to our survival um, You know to be with a certain person um, Then it it, it, and and that explains all the drama that occurs. This doesn't mean that um, True love now, you know is uh, such a higher better love. It, It doesn't mean that um it, it, we can transition from um falling in love from that sort of um, uh, lower energetic love into a higher energetic uh, state of love um but that requires us to let go of um our um ego alignment so um, um an ego alignment then would be uh, tied to um, the gratification that I get out of it, what I get out mm-hmm. of this love, okay. what we call this ego payoff. So what, you know, what is in there for me? Once I let that go and um, I align myself to say, but more of an attitude that, you know, everybody um, has the right to love and everybody has the right to to um, uh, go through whatever they need to go through and in, in more of a perspective of a higher um or true self um love to yourself, then you can also see and accept the the love in another person, the true self, in another person, and let them
2: go there's no attachment to it I mean it's it still can cause pain, but there's no attachment
0: and I want to just remind everyone that uh, Jeff and Yona they do energy work, and they do energy healing, so you can visually see the intricacies of a soul when you are focusing on a person's energy field. What what is a visualization that you will typically see in a person who's got, um, let's say, for example, things that are weighing on their heart or they've they've got issues, they've got unresolved anger, unresolved pain? How do you visually see that in a person's soul? And what are some of the things that you are able to do to, let's say, for example, slow down the corrosion of that negative energy upon that person's etheric uh, heart field?
3: Can I say something? I never really thought about it until you asked this, Ryan. You know what? Those things that weigh on a person's heart, like Heart as we use it in, in, in the English language, we don't really see it in the heart. It really um, uh, takes well, place. You all,
2: know, around it, yeah. all around and, it. All around it. Occasionally you will see okay. around the heart chakra. You'll see, um, and again, it depends upon, you got to be real careful with this because it depends upon what energy you're tuning into. So, and depending upon, you know, the person that is doing the work, like I'll usually see it. I used to see it sometimes as ghouls or whatever, but nowadays it's more just about energy like fragmentation. Around the heart chakra, around that chest area, you'll also see. Oh, I think it's, I think Stuart called it black residence, where it would be like just black gunk in the chest. Um, but a lot of times, what you'll see, like Yona just described, you'll see it bypass that area.
3: Mm-hmm. So it's so, actually not in the heart. That yeah. the drama is, is that you can't be in your heart, that it builds a barrier yeah. or a wall um, or a disconnection to your heart.
2: Yeah, you, usually what you'll see at some point is a person, at least I would say, in of people I've worked with, either right off the bat or as they start to work on themselves and let some things go and really try to connect within, you'll see visually a line between their third Mm -hmm. and fourth chakra or some form of barrier. Um, Or you'll see a loop where it'll go from the third chakra to the fifth chakra or the third chakra to the sixth chakra. And those are all signs of, of that. It's typically a trust issue, a trust issue in dealing with the fear of letting go. And as that begins to break down, then you'll start to see a bit more flow there. You know, or if a person, there are a few cases, too, where a person's done maybe a bit too much new age stuff, their heart chakra will be wide open, but they have no grounding. And that creates a lot of problems. Okay.
0: So we say wide open, that's somebody who's completely open to all things without any kind of protection.
3: Yeah. Right, and not... we, we would call it enlarged. Well, you know?
2: or if you want to look at psychologically, the first one would be the person is too rigid of boundaries. Like they're too strict. They don't let anything in. You know, the other one would be they let everything in and they're basically just a doorstop or they can become one. So, a lot of times they they see a ton, they they feel a ton, but they don't have any, and I'm not judging anybody, but the ones I work with a lot of times have a lot of understanding because they don't have a lot of understanding of their own emotions and how to balance their center. So, those are the typically things you see, but I would say the first um, with the barriers or bypassing the heart is much more common.
0: Well, just real quick, I mean, there are people listening to our show, I think I would call them, I'd say, the more mm-hmm. open uh, They're very open to certain things. How do you protect yourself? How do you, you know, engage or explore and be open to all things at the same time, be protective of your energy, protective of your heart? It
3: requires a little bit of training because, um, you know, it's not just that, you know, you want to be open and and compassionate with everybody. Um, For most of us right now, there's also like an awakening you know um of of our higher perception happening so we begin to to feel things a lot more uh, the, the number of energetically sensitive people is like skyrocketing right now and for the most part um they uh, what what we're experiencing when we wake up that way you know when our heart opens and when our sensations um, begin to sort of explode Um, Is is kind of like a kid in the candy store. We don't really know how to handle that And so it requires um, uh, To learn a little bit of tools, you know how you can um, uh, Manage and how you can um, uh, navigate through that Um, one of the ways to Consolidate or one of the ways to protect your heart without shutting it down without going into those what uh, Jeff just uh, mentioned Um, sort of learned or conditioned um, um, protection uh, behavioral protection Mechanisms is to learn how to really feel the energy of your heart and how to center it how to consolidate it of course. There's a multitude of um, uh, uh, Psychic or etheric defense techniques that one can learn and there's I mean we've we've created a whole 24-step self study course around it and and and, uh, and a program that teaches people how to do this but and um, at the end of the day it's 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 about knowing your own stuff so the more you know your own stuff mm-hmm. like what jeff just said you know you know your triggers you, and and you have to kind of be willing to face that and to accept that as part of you you know if i have you know um you know, a certain sort of in, in quotation mark weaknesses you know in certain areas like um there are certain things, you know, that I can't really deal with because it triggers too much of my, my inner wounding. And that um, uh, makes me a bit vulnerable energetically and it makes me vulnerable for other people's um, energies to enter my heart. We all experience this when we watch movies, for instance, that have a scene in there that triggers something that... um uh, makes us like completely either cringe or, or cry uncontrollably, um, which is of course also what uh, Hollywood is really good at. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, but uh, to allow this without shutting ourselves down um, is is an art form. Uh, One of the things that Jeff mentioned earlier, what we uh, see a lot with people that have been around the sort of spiritual corner, is a a misconception and the belief that they have to be open for everybody and that they have to absorb other people's pain. Um, I mean, the majority of of our clients are actually energy workers that um, cannot handle really uh, the amount of energies that they absorb because they don't understand that it's not about absorbing. So, tip number one, okay, to prevent ourselves from sort of uncontrollably uh absorbing other people's emotions or you know any type of of negative energy is to know your own stuff to know how to consolidate your heart and to not project any love onto other people like like sort of trying to to how do you call this engulf other people with your love because that pulls in you know their um stuff. Uh, their stuff on the tail
0: wow so if you walk up to a stranger and then you send them love says i wish you peace you risk no, pulling it to your not field?
3: necessarily if you do this from a place you know um from a place of of, of total centeredness you yeah. know and and you and you're doing this without wanting to get anything back you know, you're doing this just because, because you can, and because your heart field is so big that you know, just by the fact that you are, just by the fact that you pass by, you know, it will affect the person. But if you're doing this to, you know, to 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 become special, to get attention, mm-hmm. or um, to yeah. fix things, you know, um, and then you inevitably um, intermingling your energy, your heart energies with the other person's energies and, um, and uh, You're absorbing this. I mean I train but, other energy workers um, To to do this kind of work, and this is the number one issue for everyone who has yes, the absorption and the projection
2: well the trick or difference a lot of times is is that a person who has energetic state That's fairly high that will happen regardless You know if a person has really not develop their energy very well or they was such a low emotional state for whatever reason it could be that's their karma they could be going through some fear, severe issues in their life they won't be able to project a lot you know if a person's in grief they can't project a lot you know or if they do it's typically victimhood, victimhood or pain they just need help but if a person is at you know openness or an openness but um, a, a willingness or they're at courage or they're at love or even peace or joy they'll automatically their energy radiates much further and it's not even something that they do typically consciously you know you just might walk by a person all of a sudden the energy of that person affects you you know or it's just their smile for whatever reason they're walking around smiling and that affects you there's no difference there the difference would be what I'm saying between what Yona said is that it's it's not the necessary intention it's just who you are
3: so the pushing it out is yeah, what creates divorce. the problem yeah, what well, just saying is that when you're at this uh, level of um, you know, in the, these higher states of, of uh, your heart, we call them higher vibratory states, you don't have to push anything out there. Good. Yeah, and that's the, your biggest protection is that, you know, you just as true as you can to yourself and to your heart. <coughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Totally. Sort of, um, there's certain tracks that people can listen to I mean I know that uh, if you go on YouTube you listen to a lot of these chakra balancing tracks and you've listened to it for I mean, 50 minutes an hour they're supposedly balancing your energy fields and portals if you're listening to a heart chakra balancing uh, music is that going to be something that's going to ground your career things out do you recommend saging? do you recommend using any kind of essential oils do you recommend even looking at uh, videos or pictures that will make you happy and laugh like what are some of the most effective and quicker ways to, let's say, clear out the dark from your heart and put your heart in alignment to a more celestial, more uh, peaceful vibration? Well,
2: aesthetics is key. I mean, as you get higher and higher in your vibratory rate or faster um, in your vibratory rate and you begin to align more and more to being open and loving and loving, you're not going to be attracted to other things. You know, I mean, if you used to like heavy metal, um, you know, and all of a sudden your vibratory rate increases or goes faster, you won't be able to listen to it very long. You know, so it's... As you continue to go and you work on yourself, you find the things that help you clear. And yes, sage is great. Lavender oil is great. Um, You know the what's the wood from South South America? Um, Can't think of it. There's another wood. There's a wood. Some Paula There's sandalwood wood from South America. Works really well. Walking in nature works great. Listening to classical music. Um, Beauty in general. I mean, going to a museum with beautiful beautiful pieces of art in it will aid you. Yeah. You know, certain books that have a very good vibratory rate or reading spiritual books of any kind will aid you because it shifts your energy. So if you feel heavy, if you feel going, you feel like you're going down or you feel like you're, you know, you can't handle it. It's a matter of shifting in that moment, realizing it and then realigning. So that's the whole trick. And yes, if you are aware and you're working on it, you're trying to get out of some of your ego traits and all those kind of things that we talk about and work with, you want to start to replace things. You know, so if you used to go to really intense bars and you used to drink a lot and that's not what you want to do anymore, then you shift that. You know, you get out of those places that have a tendency to be in a lower energetic state.
3: Yeah, the biggest, um, probably the best way to answer that is um, to focus on, you know, um, how does something make you feel like? You know, how does a movie that you watch, how does that make you feel? Does that make you agitated? Does that make you aggressive? Or does it make you feel calm? You know does it make you feel sad and and we we use all these things you know unconsciously for for the most part and don't realize how some of the outer energies you know uh, actually make our situation worse so if we find you know ourselves in a really low state you know we it's it's best to to know what can get you out of it what can help you to shift it's it's that that very simple thing you know sort of um, um, what can help me and and one of the m- main or most frequently given recommendations um, to people is get up take a walk go out in nature um, nature has very naturally very high frequency very high resonance and um, and this has even been proven you know countless times um, go get into nature Drink more water. Water, um, you know, has a huge effect on our on our energy. Avoid the things that you already know that are not helping you. You know, don't call the people who 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 you feel even worse afterwards with. You know, um, so healing. You know, healing is is nothing but um, sort of reinstating our higher vibratory states. Um, healing happens in a twofold way. It happens through avoiding the things that 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 we already know that make us feel low Mm -hmm. and strengthening the things that we know that make us feel stronger and and, and the best way to do this is to experiment a bit and find what works for you because there's not the same things that work for everybody sage lavender and so forth those things are known clearing agents you know um that people can use but um it will not really change their emotions they still have to work through Mm -hmm. um aligning you know um, to a higher vibratory states and to really want to shift out of it
0: okay. in America especially I think heart disease is the okay. number one cause of death yeah. in the country and, and I think it's around worldwide is there a particular reason why so many people die from heart disease and I was wondering if you could please discuss on energetic level an energetic way, what is happening to a person's energy field when they are having a heart attack?
3: Well, I've never have been able to observe a person having a heart attack and see what it the okay. looks like, but
2: what was, can lead yeah, to it? Yeah, it's, what can lead to it? It's typically just a disruption. I mean, you know, and sometimes those heart attacks, and, and again, I, I've never been in this state of energetic awareness when it's happened because it's too stressful, but it's typically a wake up call. And sometimes that wake up call is they leave, you know, they're, they're done here. Other times it's a chance to realign and to, to kind of um, have another shot at it. So um, energetically, well, if it's final, well, it, you remove yourself from your body and you move on. Um, if, it's, if you stay and you can heal, then it's about realigning and, and kind of seeing what you can do to get your energy back up depending upon that process. But please, go ahead.
3: Yeah, basically yeah. what leads up to that is, is a dystrophy of your heart field, okay? It's like an undernourishment. And so, um, mo- and most people do this uh, unconsciously. And, and the way this happens is that we, like you mentioned earlier, Ryan, you know, we favor our mind, you know, we favor rationalization of things. We we dissociate, disconnect from our emotions. We We keep a lid on everything and we're not really living in our heart. And what that does, <clears throat> excuse me, it disconnects us from our heart and that dystrophies our heart field. And our physical response to that <coughs> with <coughs> all kinds of um, distro- you know um, coronary um, insufficiencies and so forth is is that um, it shows us, it signals us that our heart needs attention, that it needs love. okay? But of course, it's not our physical heart. In itself, the physical heart is just like with every um, sort of physical or somatic response, just our energy system's way of showing us where the problem is mm-hmm. so if you are asking how to prevent heart attack and heart disease from happening, um then you know your your subject here of the show is exactly the right one you we, we in order to prevent um heart failure or heart um, you know associated um, uh, um, uh, uh, cardiological problems, we need to um, uh, Enter our heart state from a feeling level and that means you know Allowing ourselves to 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 truly dealing with our emotions um learning how to communicate our immune, uh, um, Our emotions learning to differentiate between feelings and emotions and um, the whole shebang So the reason why this is number one killer right now is because um, uh, our society has been conditioning us to really leave our heart out. To either go into the mind or go into the emotions, but never really to go into the heart. And this... Do you
0: so, think... So sure. yeah. so we just going to say, um, do you think that the types of food that a person consumes will ultimately have an impact on the vibration of, of the course. heart? I, I just didn't yeah, know
2: like the other thing too is as you start to as you start to heal or as you start to open up or get your energy and your energy starts to vibrate faster you'll have a tendency to go towards healthier things anyways and then the things that you do eat that maybe would be considered unhealthy or a treat or you know sweets or whatever you enjoy them you enjoy them as opposed to typically when you're not there you you think they're bad or wrong or whatever so as you shift your energy and it vibrates faster and you begin to feel your heart and begin, begin to be centered all of a sudden now you, you kind of start making different choices, you know,
3: yes, but you, you have to have a certain level of purity first. so changing your diet, you know, when you have issues with the heart is um, probably the first and easiest thing mm-hmm. a person can do. And then from yes. there, you know, you we call this vibrational high vibrational living. So I have a whole article series on that, you know, um, where it shows how the different areas of your life are affected, you know, by your choices. And so as you change, you know, your diet, like say you do detox and then you start um, doing certain shifts with your diet, you know, your heart will respond and then, you know, your entire energy body will respond and and what Jeff says, and then you begin to make different choices. You'll feel differently, you know, you'll you'll become more aware of how certain foods make you feel like and, and how they really not beneficial for yourself. So what that really does, in a nutshell, is does it, it activates your heart's intelligence. And your heart's intelligence, all our heart's intelligence, is the one that can discern, that knows what's good for you and what's not. See, so your body doesn't. Your body thinks donuts are the best <laughs> <laughs> uh, for five <laughs> minutes, and then it kind of goes <laughs> and shuts down.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, is your is your heart kind of um? a mediator from your higher self is your is your heart the one that can actually kind of translate the messages from your higher self and the surrounding yeah, spirit it's and the actually t-
2: okay. yeah. yeah well you can there's i mean there's pathways with the mind too, but the heart's the biggest one because the mind's a huge hurdle
3: it's so, the it's the straightest one yeah it's also the hardest because it we have put so many barriers in front of it, so uh, typically you know uh that the, this whole sort of getting to to the place where high vibrational living becomes. Sort of natural to you, um, it requires a little bit of, um, uh, uh, rethinking, you know, it requires you to see things in a different way and that, and, and we all need to develop, you know, a, a sort of a different perception of ourselves there. So it doesn't happen overnight. Although, um, when okay. people have access, uh, when, when they have access to their heart, um, solution this is when 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 miracles happen when people have access to their heart's guidance um, miraculous things can happen spontaneously can unfold spontaneously so this is why we all you know this is why everybody is talking about the heart except for that most people misunderstand heart um, with emotions
0: and i want to share with you a um, experience i've, I've had in the past, I don't know if this is something that we learned from this, but one day I was feeling very thankful for my family and I, I know that it was, it was overwhelming I felt overwhelmed and I was a little freaked out because I felt so much energy. So what I did was I started watching videos of midget tossing and it actually kind of lowered me down a little bit and I felt so much better. And I'm curious to know, is that possible? Can you actually, um, be in an alignment where I guess you were feeling an overwhelming of Love of peace, but that could be dangerous for you. That could be maybe you know trying to trigger your heart or accidentally trick your heart, saying, "Listen, you know, maybe we're filled with love. Maybe it's time to move on." I mean, can you actually uh, put yourself in a a bad or dangerous position from having too much compassion, too much love?
2: Well, as long as you're from your heart center, no. I mean, you know, if there there are things like compassion fatigue that they discuss when a person is taking on too many things, like people who are in the counseling world or psychological um, realm of work can go into a place and maybe a place of, you know, severe damage or whatever. And they keep talking to people and they they absorb too much because it's just too much. That's compassion fatigue. So at that point, yeah, compassion can be a bit too high. But that's that's a mental concept. When you're – what you're talking about, it sounds as if you maybe got overwhelmed by the higher frequency. And that can happen. Sometimes, especially when you first start to connect with your heart, those vibratory levels that are, you know, at love and so forth and peace and joy, they can make you feel a bit almost not – well, you're connected, but you're connected differently, and it can feel a bit odd, or it can feel like you're a bit too flighty. Like you probably felt overwhelmed to the point where you got—I'm um, losing words here—but you get kind of um, a buzzy feel, like you're you're almost not here. Yeah,
0: it, it, a little scary too, because I, I didn't know what the, I not know what it was, and I was like, oh, geez, I hope this doesn't trigger. <laughs> well, yeah, it triggered opening up
2: your heart. Yeah, so, yeah. But it's not. <laughs> right
3: yeah. so, things, but it, it, needs, it, to be practi- it yeah. needs to be practiced this is this is what what we talked about with um you know developing certain um disciplines of training things you know working within you have to really practice to to be able to hold these these states and feel be in the physical in the moment at the same time
2: you know and and sometimes too when it gets especially early on when a person gets used to those fields things like Eating heavy foods or you know taking a little extra sleep, whatever you need to do to kind of adjust to it, that's very normal. Midget tossing, I probably wouldn't recommend that. Um, <laughs> it,
0: it was it was only to bring me bring me back. I don't know. I felt like when I was doing, it, I'm like, oh, obviously this is probably not productive for an evolution, but I think mean, we've kind of calmed yeah. down a little bit. Well, the, well, yeah, because
2: what you did is it did about judging anything, but that conscious level that's probably much lower. So what it does is it brings you right down. Uh, for All example, right. like the other night, and this is way extreme. Um, we went through an energy process and, and somebody in the, in the, in the process had a very low energetic issue pop up, like extremely low. And I was helping Yona kind of clear it. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, which is nothing I ever watched, this video popped up on my computer. I must've bumped something. And the video was of a very, um, it was a heavy metal band. I won't say the name, but the, the energy of that, and I only watched like five seconds of it wondering what the heck this came up from, but it was so low that it d- destroyed my energy for like for 30 really? seconds because the energy of that field was so low, like probably below shame that it just annihilated anything that I had. Now and it took me a minute or two to, to realize what had happened. Well, what happened was the energy that we were working with to clear jumped a little bit into the field where I was at. And that was what prompted the thing to come up. And then I just had to work to realign again. So that's what happens. So it's no different. If I'm in a very high energetic state, and person walks in and they feel that they can also get an elevated field from that. So it's it works both ways.
0: You know, I'm really glad you brought that up because I wanted to um, just bring to everyone's attention that you may be surprised, but consumption of pornography is apparently at an all-time high, and the United States makes the most makes more pornography by far. And there's a gentleman named Chris Hedges. He's an author, and he wrote one of his recent books called Empire of Illusion. Talking about a trend of pornography where it is not just, you know, the 70s music where they have the, the corny music coming on and something happens, but it's becoming very abusive where, you know, men and women are not just objectified, but they're actually, you know, having violence done to them. And the reason why I bring this to your attention is because, because so many people watch it or engage in that. Are they in one way, shape, or form causing physical damage to their heart? by engaging in a frequency that would promote uh, violence or promote such a lower level
2: of energy? Well, not necessarily the heart off the bat. Eventually it could, but that's a huge topic that is becoming very rampant, and you're dealing with a very low energetic state. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, you know, that's just the industry. The porn industry is a very low energetic state. Mm -hmm. So what you're also doing typically with that is you're you're adding in the component of satisfaction, pleasure, to a very low energetic state. So you're now actually creating a loop between pleasure and a low energetic state so that that nails it right there so that's that's usually the issue and then you throw in the visual component especially for men a lot of times um, it can be really damaging to how they perceive women how they perceive men how they move forward in relationships um, because if that's all you watch you would begin to assume and that's in and, and, and there's multiple levels of damage that are done um, through that
0: and I just have to, two more quick questions. I appreciate you being here for your time. Are there any particular colors that you can wear or that you can have within your house that trigger a higher vibration or a higher resonance with your heart? Change a bit. What do you think, Yola? She's uh-huh. better
2: with colors than I am. Yeah.
3: There's colors that are probably good to avoid. So colors do have an effect um on other people's reactions and reactions with the emotions. So um you know like if a woman for instance wears red, you know that uh especially when a woman wears wears red, uh that can trigger a lot of like um uh sort of aggressiveness in in um in men and so to speak uh, not to. not very um productive you know if if this is uh, if you want to really connect uh, through the heart um there are some colors you know that um that work for us th- that will um calm us down that will align us a little better but they may not be the exact same as for others there are some colors that um, uh, have stronger triggers to Um, uh, uh, sort of neurotransmitter to to sympathetic reactions red is one of those colors Um black is probably a color that helps to, um, be a a little less Um, uh uh, Attracting energies a little less so the black can be an energy that's a bit more neutral versus white, you know, um uh, can attract a lot of attention as well, but it can also reflect energy. So I don't really know if this is the right way uh, To think about these things because we're, we're talking about um, inner values mm-hmm. and and we're talking about inner resonances and if you if we really want to um uh, communicate, um, and live with other people on a heart level, then all these things, you know, whether it's our zodiac, our gender, what we wear, what perf- perfume we use, um, all these things, um, dissipate and are really not important anymore. So those are props, um, and they can help when we're in a very, very low state. So if I know, you know, when I wear, um, my favorite, um, purple t-shirt. I feel better about myself. Well, then go ahead and do that. But it's most of the time. It's not the color. It's really the feeling that you have towards it. Um, and if that can help, uh, then I would say yes, do it. But, um, to go about it and make a, a science out of this, you know, I can only wear, um, uh, purple or I can only wear white, um, as a rationalization uh, that doesn't really, um, have anything to do with the heart field.
0: The final question, it's a two part question, is this there are people out there who are really looking for the love of their lives. They're really, um, you know, they want to find true love, or they want to find somebody that they can just settle down with They find that, you know, true love. By focusing on their lack or their, you know, loneliness and not having the love of their life, are they kind of delaying the day or preventing themselves from finding a uh, true their true love or is that um is that one way going to help them find it quicker
2: no. i'm just curious if, if you focus on lack you're going to get lack that's the, the okay. old the old sales saying what you dwell on you do well on um that that's that's that nails it so or what you'll do is you'll attract people that either one have a lot of lack or who like to prey on people who have lack you know so that's if you want to go out and find the person of your dreams and you know what your dreams are, will then become your dreams. Align to that energy of your dreams, and then that person will start to show up or people like them.
0: Mr. Jeff Casper, Ms. Yona Brindis. I want to tell you what a great honor it is to have you back on the program. As always, you guys always bring so much great knowledge, great information. To learn more about you, please go to our website at selfunification.com. There are a lot of great events that Jeff and Yona do. You definitely want to sign up. They've got a lot of great courses that they teach. So uh, highly, highly recommend checking out their site, checking out their courses. Jeff and Yona, thank you thank so you much. Thank you, Ryan. Okay, everyone. That concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to Dr. Stephen Sinatra, Miss Yona Brindis, and Mr. Jeff Casper. And special thanks, as always, for our virtues Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Lisa Kaza, and Miss Constance Dallas. To learn more about the Out of Limits of Intertruth Truth Radio Show, please go to our website at outoflimitsradio.com. Till the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and fears. Take good care. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, this is Ryan, host and executive producer of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth radio show. We regularly feature the virtues, which are psychic medium, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, psychic empath, Lisa Kaza, and the astrophenom astrologer, Ms. Constance Ellis. They're, they've been a huge part of the show since we started in 2014. And I'm here to tell you today that I highly recommend getting a reading with one or all of them. They are really incredible. First off, you have Miss Carrie O'Connor. We can You can learn more about her by going to her website at CarrieOConnor.com. Carrie is a psychic medium. She's been talking to trees and dead people since she was three. She has a really amazing ability to read into your soul, communicate with people who've passed on, and communicate and give you some beautiful, heartwarming messages. Then you have Miss Lisa Kaza, psychic empath, who's absolutely incredible. She's very blunt, right to the point, which I kind of love. I actually love a lot. She's an empath. She can really look into your soul and tell you where you're going. What is your current trajectory? And she can also bring a lot of peace and harmony to your life. Then we have the Astrophenom, Ms. Constance Ellis. You can Learn more about her by going to her website at constancesalas.com. Ms. Ellis can do a chart reading on you and see where is your astrological trajectory going. She can answer questions about your life, career. Should you be going after that guy or girl? Should you get that when are you going to get that promotion? She'll answer a lot of great questions. Again, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Lisa Kaza, Ms. Constance Ellis, they are a fundamental core part of the Outer Limits of Tooth Radio Show. Three of the best metaphysical teachers I've ever come across. I love them dearly. And I know if you get a reading with one or all of them, you will too. Thank you. Goldman McCormick PR, also a specialist in website development, radio show creation, press conferences, media training, and so much more. Check out GoldmanMcCormick.com for more information.
1: GoldmanMcCormick.com